Hi, I'm Yulia, and welcome to the Soothing Voices podcast. I'm here with a very special guest, Lucia Pavone, and she is here with me. Hi, how are you? Hey, Yulia. It's great to be here. Thank you so much for having me today. I appreciate you. Thank you for being here. I'm really excited to talk to you today because I'm a big fan. I met you on Clubhouse. I'm just a big fan. I go to your rooms all the time. They're so enlightening and beautiful. Thank you so much. So my first question I ask everyone is, what is your origin story? So if you were like a superhero, what is your origin story? Tell us about your superpowers. How did you get them? All of that. Mm. Well, let's say I'll start with, I'm a pleasure instigator and I'm permission granter. Um, And how did I get there? My superpowers came... I like to say through lifetimes, you know, many lifetimes of understanding. As a somatic sex educator, that's the title, right? But my origins, I believe, came from um, my ancestral lineage. My, My parents are from Sicily, and they came to the United States in... Uh, later in life, and like my mom was nineteen, my dad was twenty six, and so first generation American here. And I'm sharing this because it really does have an impact in who I am and what I do in this world. Um, I feel that there's a very ancient way of being around sexuality and sensuality that really transcends um, my life. And when I say lifetimes, I feel that um, I followed my purpose by following and unraveling and understanding my own ancestry and who I was, who I am as a sensual woman, as a sexual woman. Um, It allowed for me to navigate the path of really exploring my pleasure for pleasure's sake, and in turn, allowed for me to heal my body. And the pleasure, pleasure seeker that I was, and that I still am, and continue to be, I believe, comes from you know a lineage of divine feminine women who were really seeking to heal their own sexual traumas, their own. Um, racialized traumas, their own religious traumas <laughs> through centuries and centuries. And here I am in the 21st century, having tapped into um, you know, not only who I am as a woman, but who maybe my ancestors were. And that really set the pulse for claiming my superpower as somebody who is a pleasure instigator, permission granter. And that, how does that, how does that sound? (laughs) Beautiful. I'm just like mesmerized. Um, Recently I'm reading this book. So I was raised Catholic and I'm not Catholic anymore, but I was reading, I just finished it today actually called The Immortality Key and The Secret History of the Religion with No Name. And he talks about religion and how, um, and how Catholicism had a, um, you know, they, they they were the ones that had the first war on drugs and the first war on women. Um, and so powerful women were 
abused and murdered and through the Inquisition. And so for me as a woman, um, I've had a very hard time tapping into my sensuality and sexuality. And so I know in your bio, you talk about, um, I think it's like removing religious indoctrination or something like that. Can you Mm. talk a little bit about that? Because I'm just so Mm -hmm. interested in that. Yeah, I appreciate that. And asking that question, I know this is going to probably resonate with a lot of people, not just uh, people who were raised in the Catholic Church. I was absolutely raised in a very strict Catholic Sicilian household. And um, the indoctrination of, you know, religion really was the demise of what I would call the ancient ways of oracles and sibyls and uh, what was called the ancient hore, the people who were sacred in- intimates, um, the, the women who actually held the knowledge of um, being able to connect their sec- sacred sexual energy to um, you know, divine knowing. And, you know, when we talk about people who are seers or able to tap into alternative realms or, you know, um, spaces, um, that can be a little bit, you know, intimidating. And it was very intimidating to the masculine. And so Ing swoops in religion and um, the Catholic Church was absolutely one of the um, predators uh, who demolished? They knew. They knew the. They knew the potency of um, sacred sexual energy that came from a woman. And I'm going to say this, and it sounds very heteronormative, like women, like people cisgendered women, really, um, in 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 that in this particular context. And when women actually are embodied, they're very, very, very. Um, gifted in what they do. And so fast forward to my own journey with religious shame. I mean, what does the church tell us? Keep your legs closed. You know, your sex is only for your husband. Your only job is to please other people. Um, You're a dirty little whore. If you do it like this, Um, you have to be a good girl. And then you get into the bedroom with a partner and it's like, spread your legs open. You know, why are you being so frigid? Mm-hmm. Um, so the duality of what happens because of religious shaming, oh man, it goes it, it, just so many different ways to look at it. But um, for me, my journey, I'm very spiritual, but my journey with religion, especially Catholicism, um, you know, I, I don't want to say I hate everything about Catholicism. What I want to say is that I appreciate the clues that are left in the pageantry and ritual of Catholicism because it allows for me, it allowed for me to explore like the divine feminine, you know, what, what did the Virgin Mary symbolize? And, um, I finally did, I think the last piece of my own, uh, healing around this shame when I, in 2018, I was, um, leading a retreat in my ancestral homeland of Sicily. And um, my cousin, who is a Catholic priest in the seminary teaching in Palermo, um, and I were driving one day. We were driving up from my mom's um, village through uh, a providence called Enna. And in this providence, 
he, um, he says to me, look up there on that mountain. And I say, what, what's up there? And he says, that is where a hundred meter statue of Demeter stood. And Demeter, mm. Demeter was, you know, um, the mother of Persephone. And we all know the the famed, potentially, maybe we don't, there's a, a myth of the famed rape of Persephone. I'm talking to my cousin who's a priest and I am sharing with him why I came to Sicily and what I do and how I taught this sensuality uh, retreat and embodiment around um, the sacred feminine. And I'm telling him about orgasm, like orgasmic energy. Orgasm is what I call the breath of God, right? Climax is different. Orgasm is energy. And so I'm telling him that there's a way to utilize this energy to feel incredible about not only yourself, but feel connection with God. And he says, what? He's like, so you're telling me if a woman is in orgasm like this, that she can feel God and feel connected to herself? And I said, yeah. He said, why don't we teach this? This would save hundreds of marriages, or thousands of marriages <laughs> in the Catholic Church. And I went, ah. <laughs> Julia, I felt, I felt the, the weight of, you know, my ancestors' um, religious shame lifted forever. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's beautiful. Um, it's interesting because I have experienced religious orgasm, but I've also experienced very shameful sexual experiences with myself. Uh, very recently have I like decided, okay, I'm going to have a solo experience with myself. I've never really had one. And so I did that and I realized, wow, my body is so powerful. I was by myself experiencing myself and I realized, wow, my when they say everything is within you, I that made so much sense to me. Oh, yes, it's all here within me. And like when they talk about portals and like the woman, like I understood why I'm so powerful as a woman why, um, well, my, my vagina is so powerful. Why I understand that now. And I never understood that until I started to really tap into that. But I realized that there was a lot of Catholic shame around my body. It made me feel like, oh, if I'm, if I am experiencing myself, then that means that I'm a lonely, um, you know, shitty person because I can't have a partner to help me experience myself. But I really, uh, my friend challenged me to really connect to that piece of myself and say, okay, how do I explore myself? How do I find the divine within me? And so, but but even as a Catholic, like masturbation is bad. It's, it's forbidden. And so um, kind of looking at like Greek mythology and even like Minoan culture and more matriarchal societies that women are the center of the community and and have communing with the goddess is the way you find God, like you said. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, those have been some of my experiences around my own sexuality. Wow. Uh, really, I really appreciate you sharing that. I think, um, can I, can I ask how old you are? Yeah. I'm in my thirties. <laughs> okay. This is really, this is really beautiful. I asked that, you know, because, um, I want to say that you're, you're not alone in that, um, 
that place where, you know, first of all, the word masturbate is to like disturb, right? Masturbate is like mm. the ancient origins. And so um, I think one of just even coming from that place of um, looking at it as a dirty, bad thing um, stems from, you know, some, like you said, this idea that um, if you are with yourself, that somehow you are not as valuable as with another person and experiencing pleasure. But the truth is that in order to have somebody reflect you, and I say reflect because Ra is a sun god, an Egyptian sun mm-hmm. god, right? Mm-hmm. I'm very much into ancient Kemetic ways and heading to Egypt in, in February myself. And so mm-hmm. when I think about, you know, ancient traditions of um, of Kemet and like the sex, the, what I call sensual alchemy, the rituals that were performed, the women always knew how to care and nurture their divine feminine essence. They anointed and adore, adorned themselves. They knew how to move and dance in ritual and all these pieces that you see in ritualistic form in many religions really comes from that ancient divine feminine connection with self and then with other women first. You know, I, I once had a student, Yulia, in one of my courses. She was a woman in her 40s and she had just had a child. And one of the exercises was, there's a, a series of sensuality exercises that um, everybody went home to do. It was very specific. And the, one of the first pieces was to get, a, get out a hand mirror and to use it to like, you know, examine parts of your body, but also to look at your pussy, you know, because first of all, it's a vulva, not a vagina. Vagina is the internal part. The vulva is the whole encompassing piece, but vulva sounds so like clinical, right? So I like to, mm-hmm. I, I like to say pussy because it, to me, there's a piece of it that uh, has me reclaim that part of myself that is just sweet and um, sexy, sexy and sensual. But I had, I had everybody look and at their, at their pussies and she came back and the women are sharing their, their shares around their sensuality exercises. And she says, yeah, this was the first time I've ever looked at my pussy and with the hand mirror. And I, and I said, I paused and I said, so-and-so, are you sharing that? Like, this is your first time really ever looking at the mirror at your genitals? And she says, yes. And she wanted to keep going on into the story. And I said, you know, let's celebrate this. We, we're going to celebrate you because, you know, you had a child and you pushed a child out between your legs through your vagina. And here you are never having looked at your pussy let's celebrate this. This is a monumentous, monumentous day that you're sharing this with us. Like I was so grateful because I felt like if anything, if any moment, um, you know, in my life and what I do, um, I could say, wow, another woman was able to fall in love with her, her own pleasure center. You know, the place that, you know, 
the divine offered her a clitoris, gave her a clitoris, only purpose is pleasure, with 8,000 nerve endings. And here she was staring at it for the first time in over 40 years. That was, that mm-hmm. was amazing. And that was healing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is so beautiful. I can definitely relate. I've never, I haven't really looked at myself much. Um, very recently did I, um, <laughs> I, fu- I bought um, a glass. Uh, I, I don't know if it's a dildo. I, I mean, it's just a glass. I call it a sword, a glass sword. Uh-huh. And I bought the glass sword and then I experienced it. And I felt like when they, when they talk about, cause boys have their bot, their men, well, people with penises, right. they have their penis outside of their body. So when they're kids and they're, they're little kids or when they're, they're, um, teenagers, they're able to touch it. And so that's when you first start to touch yourself. Boys do, but girls are, 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 our genitals or our sexual organs are inside of our bodies. A lot of them are. And so it's, so it's really hard to really explore that. So having the sword, I was able to explore it. And I'm like, every, everyone <laughs> should have a sword. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, everyone should have a sword. Everyone should do this. And, and I never, and I'm in my thirties and that was my first time it felt like it was the first time that I ever explored my own self. Um, so I should have done that when I was, you know, growing up, mm. but I did it until I was in my thirties. And that is, that is sad, but it's also beautiful that at least I got to do it in my lifetime. And it was such a worshiping experience, um, you know, entering my body in the way that I did with my sword. And it it just felt like a religious like, like a, not a religious experience, but a very spiritual healing experience mm, for me. Mm. I'm listening to that and just savoring that mo- moment, Yulia. I mean, um, of course, yes, having that type of penetrative experience on your own to explore. I mean, think about it. Many of us, especially cisgendered, heterosexual, or you know, heteronormative sex, um, really focuses on what we I call the fuck oriented society right p and v mm. and so we're taught we're told our whole lives that this is like the most exquisite act and here so many people with vulvas first are still thinking that the vaginas are homologous or the same part as a penis but mm-hmm. the penis mm. and the clitoris are homologous the same erectile tissue that's you know when you're conceived so you know, exploring the internal parts. Most people don't even explore the out exterior parts yet, right? Because, you know, because of religious shame that touching ourselves, you know, there's so many things that were, were said, like, well, what if I touch myself? But, you know, what's the, am I going to be a virgin still? Am I going to, um, what if I feel, it feels good to me, you know? Um, all the, all the things that keep us as young girls from exploring. And, you know, our mothers aren't taught not most of our mothers weren't taught to experience their pleasure and definitely our grandmothers and our grandmothers, grandmothers. So this is a a time in your life. This is a really pivotal time historically because more and more people with vulvas are understanding their awakening in this age of Aquarius, you know, their awakening to their spirituality. And the thing about this, Julia, is that 
the way you awaken is through your sexual energy. You know, when people talk about Kundalini awakenings, they're having their spiritual awakenings. And that happened to me first when I was 19. You know, I didn't have toys. And I, I, I think I got a vibrator when I was 25, living with my um, boyfriend who became my, my husband and now is my husband back in the 90s. And I remember one day, like, deciding to spend the whole day getting myself off this magic ribbon. <laughs> and I was like, I couldn't get enough of that thing. But, um, but then I realized I kind of like got rid of all of those toys, right. Somewhere in my, in my early thirties, cause I was, um, I was on a journey of exploring extended orgasm and which was clitorally based. And, and, um, now I'm 49 and I actually have an obsidian wand that's curved just a little bit. And now that my body has been seasoned and I know it so well through self-pleasure and, and through, you know, extended orgasm for almost 20 years, like the interior parts of my clitoris, they can, they engorge. And so I have all this sensation that can be accessed in a way that um, couldn't be accessed in my 20s. So hearing you say, I got my first like glass, you know, well, my glass, you know, uh, sword, I'm like, you know, lingam um, is a wand of light in Sanskrit, right? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yes. All right. So it makes me go, hmm, Julia, what's going on over there? Are you in the midst of your kundalini awakening? Because it sure sounds like it. <laughs> <laughs> I could say yes, definitely. I've been very, I think that um, a lot of me has been very trapped in boxes of, of you know, trauma coupled with religious indoctrination, a lot of shame. And so to be able to unlock myself from that place and being able to love myself from that place, such a beautiful thing. Um, it's funny because I think it was Wednesday, the other day, I watched uh, Cinderella. I was like, I was just having this experience with myself. Um, I was crying. I held like a picture of my child self and I was crying and I was like, you're so beautiful. I'm, you deserve everything. And I feel like I met my fairy godmother self uh, through this experiences that I've been having. And I feel like, um, and I feel like she, she showed me so much love and, um, and then that's when I, I watched Cinderella after. And I was like, I'm going to watch Cinderella and see what happens. And I and I realized that the Catholic Church and my, you know, my mother and just shame, um, the when 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 Cinderella is trapped in upstairs, when the mom, when the stepmom like locks her upstairs, that's how I've been mm -hmm. feeling a lot. And so I feel like finally I found the key to that. Oh. And a lot of it has to do obviously with my, with my sword, but with a lot of things that have been happening mm -hmm. to me, but I feel like I have the key now and I was able to open the door mm -hmm. and I'm able to let myself oh, out. Mm -hmm. And I think the wand or the wand, <laughs> the sword experience has been such a beautiful experience for me because it's like another step to my freedom. Oh. Um, to my sexual freedom, my central freedom, because I like how you use the word central alchemy. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of my podcasts 
um, outside of guests, a lot of them are about like seductive voices <laughs> and sensual, you know, sensual voice and things like that. And so I feel like I think I'm slowly, as you're talking to me, I'm slowly like starting to realize so much of, of like what I've been working on in this podcast have to, has to do with like sexual, central alchemy, uh, which is really beautiful. <laughs> wow. That is a beautiful realization, Yulia. And, um, you know, I'll tell you alchemically how it works, you know, our sound and vibration, like voice and, and auditory, um, you know, experiences, they, they do have an, a biological or chemical, um, component to them, you know, in our brain. And so many the people are called, have you ever heard of audiophiles, right? You know, people who, mm-hmm. you know, get off by listening to sounds, but on top of that, the vibration, you know, we're 75% water. So when we actually open up our throat chakras, we start to vibrate or sing, we're actually moving that energy through our body and starting to connect the, the channels, the portals. So when I talk about sensual alchemy, this is the word I use for what people call sex magic because it is far beyond sex and we, we get it confused. There's really an ignition of all of our senses that come together when we start to move our sexual energy, which is oftentimes very isolated in our genitals. And, you know, when we start to, you know, realize that there's an ignition or an opening, you can get the key, the key happens, you know, you put the key in, turn it and ignition happens. Suddenly you get what I call your sensual spark. And that central spark, that juicy yumminess that you possess from the day you're born to the day you die, starts to have a purpose. And then you start to use your focused intention towards having the things that support your vision, right? You create the reality to support the vision that you're having. And that is sensual alchemy. That is what people call sex magic is where you take that energy, you transmute it by unfeeling it, smelling it, tasting it. And then you have a focused, focused intention and vision. And then you create your reality and you create it by magnetizing your body, moving that energy because your body is one big magnet. And then the universe comes to you. It supports you. The universe is friendly. It's here to support you. So when you realize that you have the key and Yulia, goddess, you finding your key, you acknowledging your key is deeper than your, your beautiful sword. It is a part of you that has found your connection to the divine within yourself. Pleasure heals. Pleasure heals. And when you heal, you love yourself so exquisitely that you're able to reflect that 100% in those people that come towards you. And that's, that's so beautiful, being love and reflecting that level of awareness. That's union. That's what people seek, right? We're seeking union. 
and partnership, first with ourselves, though, always with ourselves. So I, I celebrate you, Yulia. Freaking badass. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Thank you. It was, it's been such a great conversation. And can you believe it's like almost 30 minutes? It's been such a beautiful experience. And I have two more mm-hmm. questions left okay. um, to mm-hmm. ask you. So one, my second to last question is, I always ask everyone this, if your voice was a, or if your voice was an instrument, what instrument would it be? Mm-hmm. Um, my voice was an instrument. I, I won't overthink this, but I've always been drawn to the cello. Mm. So I'll say the cello. So why the cello? Um, I think I had a visual of, in a movie once, of a woman like playing her cello between her thighs. And the way Ooh. that the deep uh, resonance like vibrated her, she would come into that place of her own pleasure. It's almost like a natural vibration um, expanding her sexual energy. So I, I just feel like it's... Um, my voice, my voice is like a stringed instrument and I get to play, I get to play the notes that, um, ignite my pleasure. (laughs) That's so beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. And then my last question is what, uh, where can people find you Mm -hmm. on social media, take your classes? I know you talked about having workshops and I know you do also Mm -hmm. one-on-one training. Great question. So you can find me on IG, um, at luscious Lucia Pavone as well on, um, TikTok. I'm also uh, easily accessible on clubhouse as Lucia Pavone. And then my website's www.luciapavone.net. I teach courses online mainly right now, but if you happen to live in Northern California in um, San Francisco Bay Area, I will be having a course coming up pretty soon called Heal Your Sexual Soul um, coming up in West Oakland. Um, The details are being worked out, but probably the spring. And then, of course, I have clients around the world um, who do one-on-one and many of them will fly in for intensives and I am at retreats and there's so many things but you can you know uh, click on my IG is the best place because if you click the link you'll see everything that I'm up to yeah perfect thank you so much and thank you so much for being here with me I'm I'm so appreciative and grateful that you're here with me. Thank you so much Thank for you, being here. Thank you, I'm, I'm, I'm really blessed that um, you invited me. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Thanks. Ciao. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. If you want to be on my podcast, please DM me on Instagram or Twitter at SoothingVoiceYG. Again, SoothingVoiceYG. This episode was produced and engineered by Kendra.